All right, we're recording. Welcome, 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 welcome to a day late but not a dollar short episode of Unlimited Text. Yep. Where we take uh, our group conversations, our group texts, and bring them to real life. I'm one of your hosts, aka Tommy Ain't Got No Job, aka We Got Emmys, aka We Got Grammys, aka We Might Have Another Emmy nomination next week. AKA producers produce. And this is a smug dude. Love at first smug and the storyteller. So day late, dollar short, huh? No, nah, no, nah, I said a day late, but not a dollar short. We're gonna we gonna give it to him real. I mean, I listen, man. I woke up this morning, man. I had angry texts like, yo, where the podcast at? But you know, no snitching over here. So, you know, it's so a group thing. Fault. Smug as a, dude's fault. As a team, we didn't have a podcast last night because we a team, no snitching over here. All right, man. So where are we? Where, where can people find us? Are we on uh, Apple, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts? That's where you can find us. Subscribe, comment, email, Instagram. We're on Instagram too, Unlimited Text Pod. Our Instagram page is kind of popping right now, so you might want to get there, see what's going on over there. We got videos. We got comments. There's a lot going on on our Instagram page now. All right, smug. Oh, I was about to call you smug, dude. I'm smug, dude, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, you smug, dude. I am. Yeah. You sure you're not smug now? Nah, nah, nah. Marty told me I was. I, I've been nice the last two weeks, so I'm. I'm good now. All right, cool. So speaking of uh, Marty, no shout outs. Remember? Yeah, that's our rule. Oh yeah, no, no shout out. Oh, you know what? One shout out this week. Actually, three shout outs. Oh, this week. here we go. Three shout. Uh, who is your crew? Uh, who so are first- you? First shout out is to Albany, who's been doing our, putting all our videos on our Instagram page, trying to get us lit. Oh, you yeah. know, that's what the kids say, getting us lit. I don't think they say that anymore. Oh, they don't? Okay. Well, whatever they say, the videos is, is definitely popping now. I'll wake up. I'll be like, damn, where that video come from? But they they definitely, they getting the numbers up. So thank you, Albany, for, for keeping those coming. And then the second and third shout out are actually rest in peace to uh, Brother John Lewis. Yeah. And uh, Reverend C.T. Vivian, two uh, pioneers of the civil rights movement uh, that passed away last week. So just wanted to give a shout out to both of those brothers who uh, did a lot for us, man. We're going to try to try to carry on your legacy. I can get with that. All right. Cool. So we had a question. Go ahead. No, I'm saying we had a question this week. Yeah. So, you know, in order to get a shout out. Need a need a question. You need to do something. So this week, we are on Twitter. Uh, Rob, shout out to Rob. Asked us, uh, "What would you tell your eighteen year old self about going to college?" Um, you want Smug me to start? Dude? All right. So I would probably Rob tell myself at age eighteen that I need to be more social. Like, I need to forget about what's going on at home. I need to forget about trying to be cool when I get to school and fit in with a certain group of people or a crowd and whatnot. And I would just, like, mix and mingle with everybody. Like, I'd be walking down the halls, knocking on doors, hanging out 
you know, with, with pe- people, I would be doing more of that. I didn't really do that. I was I was a, a little bit more introverted. I played college basketball, so it was around, you know, my teammates a lot, and I got attention that way. But right. I probably would have gone off that beaten path into, into a whole different crowd, like, you know, like people that weren't athletes and stuff like that, folks that had other interests than me and other backgrounds. I learned that later. As right. I got older and more mature, but as an 18-year-old, I probably would have been a, a, a lot more open-minded to uh, meeting and uh, uh, interacting with, with different people that, are, that were really outside my circle. So that's what I would tell my 18-year-old self about college. Damn, that's a, that's a really good answer. Thinking about, I wish I'd have done a little bit more of that, too. Even though I did go to their parties and uh, drink all their beer and eat all their wings. Yeah, but you did that. You did you interact though? You just you know. Nah, nah. Hey, nah, nah. Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They's like, hey, what's up, man? I was like, hey, you gonna join our fraternity? I'm like, hey, maybe you know, some some more wings. Yeah, more pass beer, me some, a beer. Some more beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nah, I wasn't joining y'all fraternity. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think for me, I would probably say, depending on your major, uh, depending on your major, I would. I would say, depending on your major, I would decide what level of school that you uh, that you that you're planning to go to. Because I think for certain majors, like I was a uh, film and video production major, and the school that I went to, a fine, illustrious university, but the alumni base in my field is very small, and in my field, it is definitely more about who you know, even more than what you know. So I would maybe make a choice if I'm not going to go to a school where you have a big alumni base in in our industry, like NYU or USC or something like that. It kind of doesn't really matter what school you go to because it's really going to be about you getting out there and being on the grind. So I would say based on your major, I would make a big decision about the benefit of the college that you're going, your college of choice. Another good answer. How's that for you, Rob? Yeah, thanks, Rob. Yeah, so anybody else got a question, you know, we, we can give some answers on here. You know, just tweet, Instagram, you know, we got the email address. Hit us up. And Rob, Rob, thank you, man. That's, that's a good start. We, we're going to do that every week. Somebody send us a question, and we're going to answer a question every week. Hey, young. Hey, young? <laughs> man. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of talks about my... I, 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 I got a lot of criticism about how I handled that 7-Eleven thing, man. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of criticism, man. Everybody said I shouldn't have hung out that long, man. I, I don't know. People, people act like I, I did the wrong thing, man. You, you did. That wasn't very smart, man. You uh, you let your guards down. Like if you were home, man, if you were it's home, a global pandemic. If you were home on the East Coast, DC specifically, you wouldn't have yeah. acted that way. You already know. <laughs> That's why I'm disappointed, man. That's a global pandemic. It's the, I'm telling you, it's the most fun I had in five months, man. I, I, I apologize to all the listeners. I know y'all was worried about my safety, but I'm good. I went to that 7-Eleven today again. Matter of fact, he was not out there, so somebody else is letting them use their car. Yeah, he was waiting to bag you up, man, and take you out in the valley somewhere, man. That, that, that wasn't smart, but whatever. I digress. Look. Hey, yeah. Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, that's that's my a young, but Mike Tyson <laughs> and Roy Jones, man, I love both of them, man. Like, yeah, so yeah. grew up on Mike Tyson, man. Like, you know, that late '80s, early '90s, and and like I remember when Mike Tyson did in t- 2005, he came to the, uh, I guess it was the MCI Center at the time. Okay, man, that was huge to be able to go see Mike Tyson 
fight in person. Right. And then I always loved Roy Jones Jr. because if you know me, you know I'm a huge Scarface fan. Like Brad Jordan, the rapper. Right, right. Ghetto Boys, like a huge fan. And so Roy Jones, you know, was 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 tight with them. And I used to love the way I, you know, that he fought. But ain't Mike Tyson in his fifties right now? Fifty. Fifty four, I think, right? Okay, yeah. He, he I, I I saw him he got in really good shape lately. Yeah, yeah. Mike cut up now. Yeah, but man, come on, man. Fifty some years old in the in the ring fighting, and they talking about it's an eight round fight. Listen. I just hope Roy lives. That's all I'm hoping for. Cause I'm not. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. I'm watching just, that. Nah, no way. Yeah, cause you I'm know it's definitely gonna be, watching it. You know it's gonna start off real aggressive in the first round, and then the last seven rounds it is gonna be two old dudes hugging each other. That's all it's gonna be. The last seven rounds, yeah. they're gonna start off real aggressive, and then it's gonna be a lot of hugging and holding and a lot of breathing heavy. I just wonder if they're really going to fight, like really try to knock each other out kind of thing. Well, they said the rules say they're not supposed to knock each other. They're not supposed to try to knock each other out. Is what they, they, they supposed to wear like them bigger gloves so it doesn't, supposed not to hurt as much. Mike but, can't yeah. help himself though, man. Yeah, Mike. Oh yeah, Mike got that thing with when it when that animal cuts on. It's, yeah. it's, almost, it's like, it's an animal. Yeah. You got you to gotta tase it. You can't just be like, you just can't calm it down if the animal comes on. Yeah. So anyway, when I, man, when I, when I saw that, I was like, hey, young. Hey, yeah? Yeah, you gonna, I'm not watching it, yeah. Another week for your favorite subject. Man, that Rona. <sighs> that Rona. Yeah. That Rona, man. Yeah. So today, we passed 4 million total cases of the Rona. And it's the shortest time in millions. It went from three to four million this time in 15 days. That's the fastest that our increase has happened in this whole thing. So it ain't getting no better out here in these streets, man. It, it, this, this, thing, this thing ain't getting better. It just, it's just not getting better. Yeah. New, ca- new cases yesterday. Germany, 642. Japan, 454. Australia, 267. South Korea, 26. U.S., 62,879. It's cool. It's not getting better. Look, but but they saying you should wear a mask now. That's what that's, yeah, what, that's, yeah. that's what the leadership is saying now. Yeah, officially now. Ooh, wear a mask. Yay. But Five months in. Let me Yay. ask you this. You're becoming the corona expert. Yeah. How how are their cases so low? Are they really testing everybody and reporting it all? From my understanding, from what I'm reading, they're they're testing everyone. Like they they have mass uh, test testing. In most of those countries, yeah, like they like South Korea. At some point, they had damn near tested everybody in the country. So what 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 the president keeps saying is that they they were testing more people than anybody else in the world, uh, which is true because. You know, we're one of the largest countries uh, in the world yeah. in terms of population. Um, you know, places like India and places like China, of course, have more people than us. But most of the other countries have less people than us. But per capita testing, we're like 20, 25th in the country, in the world, I should say. So, yeah, the number is higher. But per capita, we're not testing as many as, as these countries that are having much lower numbers. Right. 
the best thing for the nation is not to reopen as quickly as possible. Right. It's to save as many lives as possible. They wrote in the document, which was sent to the Trump administration, leading members of Congress and state governors on Thursday. And this came from like the top 150 U S medical experts, scientists, teachers, nurses, that we need a restart. Yeah. Like, like shut the whole country down at the same time is what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, that's what they, that's what should happen from the beginning. I mean, this, you know, it was out of this. Yeah. It was happening in Ohio. Just, just tell you how stupid it was in Ohio. There was a mass requirement, but not in every County. So for people like us to know, if you live in PG County, you had to wear a mask. But if you live in Montgomery County, you don't have to wear a mask. And everybody knows that people cross back and forth between those counties every day. All day. So if you have a if you have only half of the counties in Ohio where you had to wear a mask, then you're not going to solve the problem. And now finally, Ohio, five months in just this week is now saying everybody has to wear a mask. It, it just the leadership on this is it's just been awful, man. It's like. No plan. I mean, I I just feel like again, I've been saying like this is presented. People that wear masks are the people that really want the economy to open back up fastest. Right. Because that's the way you prevent the spread. People that don't wear masks and say they want the economy to open back up, you're really not you're 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 not you're not doing it. Not helping the case. Yeah. yeah. But this whole thing is yeah, it's all oh mine. It's so political. So now that the numbers are down, like right. in regards to the you know, the presidency and such. Now we should be wearing a mask and we need to come up with a plan to make things better. And that part, because we didn't have to get this far, right? We didn't have to get this far. Right now they're saying 200,000 American deaths by November 1st. Right. That's the projection. So that's, uh, what month is this? July, August, Mm -hmm. September, October. About to be July. So so in three months, 60,000 more people. Could die. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's um, like like, and then it's it's just crazy how in Georgia the 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 governor of Georgia sued the mayor of Atlanta yeah. because she was trying to do a, a strict mass policy, but in Georgia, forty nine percent of all cases in the state are in Atlanta. So of course she is going to try to put in. Of course, you know that's my girl Keisha Lance Bottoms. I mean, you know, that's my girl. How's she girl, doing, Keisha. by the way? Man, you know, she tried, man. She had that Rona too, man. So, you know, I was I was worried about her, man. But I, th- I think she's all right now. I think I think Keisha. I saw she posted a picture the other day. Not to say I'm following her or anything. But uh, she posted a picture of a day and said that uh, she came out of quarantine. So so I think she beat that Rona. So. But That's yeah, man, they're trying, trying to tell her she can't tell her citizens to wear a mask. Like, how crazy is that? Yeah, I'm... You you already know how I feel about it. Yeah. And out here in Cali, we had opened back up, but now we shut back down. Oh, y'all shut down, right? They 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 not like the not like the original, original lockdown, but they talking about it because I think yesterday, yesterday we had the most deaths ever oh, yeah, you in spiked. the state. So they said they did this thing this week where they said Cali, now hair salons and barbershops have to operate outside. Uh, so yeah, I was laughing about that because uh, I don't know how they gonna do the hair salons out parking lot. Barbershop, you can do that in the parking lot, but the hair salon, 
I don't know how they're gonna do that outside. Yeah, yeah. And if they That's did that, gonna be a lot of comedy. If you did that here with the humidity and everything, and the wind blowing <laughs> for the wind, you know, for the women and stuff. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying, man. I, I feel and they be looking crazy too. So they ain't gonna be wanting to be outside with somebody to drive by and see them too. They not they not gonna want that. I feel badly for my barber. Like at least when it comes to my business, right? Because ah, man, I unfortunately. I want to support my man, but I might right. not ever go back to the barbershop again. <laughs> Number one guard against the grain. Yeah, I, I cut hey, my, I, I, I just cut my hair. It's just every time it looks great. I can't really grow man. any facial hair that much, so I don't have to trim it up or do anything like right. that. So yeah, I feel badly for my barber because I, I, man, I probably won't go back. Yeah, me and my brother, brother-in-law Dante was laughing other days like, "Boy, ball heads is winning now, baby." Y'all been laughing at us, but <laughs> we winning, boy. We winning right now. Yeah. Get that, that ball head look right now, boy. You don't need no barber. So, so as everybody knows, our relationship has been, you know, based through a few, you know, a very good friend of ours. Yeah. But we've been connected through text messaging over the years, and like you said, we bring our conversations onto this podcast for everybody. But a big piece of that has been sports, you yes, know, sir. like trash talk, right? Yep. And there's a lot of sports coming back. So they played a, they played basketball games yesterday. Yeah. At least that's what I saw. Were they the first games? Because I watched the Wizards, like a scrimmage, scrimmage, scrimmage games. Yeah, I watched a scrimmage, scrimmage game yeah. yesterday. Yesterday, yep. And then uh, Major League Baseball played today. Yeah, Nats, defending champs, yep. my squad, yep. the Washington Nationals. Yep, yep. And then everybody's keeping an eye on the NFL. Yes, they're talking about putting people in the stands, right? Uh, some stadiums. I know, like New York, DC, couple other places, California. No, DC. No, of, New York said no. New, yeah, that's what I'm oh, saying. New okay, York, okay. California, DC. They definitely said no. I got you. Yeah, the Giants and the Jets. I read the organization yeah, said said, said nah. yeah, no fans. That's gonna be crazy. I wonder how. I, I, I'm I'm trying to envision. How the uh, how that's gonna change the world? Like watching the games. I know we're talking about that Rona, so I'll let you get into your Rona stats before we move into that. Go ahead, tell me. No, nah, no, nah, it's, it's it's definitely gonna be interesting. But yeah, they were just talking about uh, with all these tests that are gonna be going on. They're saying the NFL, if they come back, it's gonna be forty thousand tests a week for them to play. Major League ten thousand tests a week. NBA eighty seven hundred tests a week. NHL eighty seven hundred tests a week. And Major League Soccer, 5,000 tests a week. So that's 73,000 tests a week for just for pro sports. Now, right now, they're getting daily testing and they're getting quick turnarounds. For instance, in Florida, where the NBA is playing right now, the players are being tested daily and they're getting a quick turnaround. But somebody just on the news said in Florida the other day, they took a test on July 8th and they still had not gotten their results back. So I'm not sure how much longer they can get away with using 73,000 tests a week and getting their results back instantly. And people are waiting seven to 10 days to get their results in those communities, especially in a place like Florida, where it's really getting real bad down. I mean, it's bad enough that President Trump had moved his convention to convention. florida and now today he just canceled canceled it. yep I, I saw that so yeah 
you canceled your convention, but LeBron's getting a test today and people are waiting 10 days for, for tests. So I, I, I just don't know. I mean, I know, I mean, like, obviously I was happy. I was watching basketball last night. You know, we were supposed to be recording the podcast. I had nothing to do, so I ended up having to having to watch basketball. Since, oh, since because we have a podcast. Uh, so you you board. chose basketball over the podcast last night? No, no. I mean, I was I was you know in my in my podcast recording chair, you know, ready had my headphones on, and you know, I had to record with. So I, I just ended up watching basketball. You know, hey, uh, man, rates are historically <laughs> low. <laughs> they will not stop calling. Hey man, I, I'm not getting I'm not getting in the way getting in the way of that man. I just just saying you know, rates are historically low. Look, I, so, I was I was the one that got the angry text messages this morning. So you know. all right, t- tell the people if you got all thirty. What are we thirty four or thirty six thousand listeners now? Thirty four thousand listeners. Thirty four thirty four thousand listeners. I yeah. apologize from the bottom of my heart. I had twenty eight thousand texts this is, morning. Is your 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 cricket phone still working? Yeah, man, barely. I woke up. I was like, "Damn, man, something happened." You got the like, Boost oh, Mobile, nah. uh, man. You got like, the burn phone, happened? like nah. the wire. So, yeah. look real quick. What I was thinking about, and I was talking to someone about this today, and that's why I was like, our relationship. You know, like we text about other stuff now, but it's always usually about sports. Man, we missed. Right. I was gonna win the tourney this year. <laughs> I know, yeah. Like March you know, Madness we've been tournament. doing the March Madness tournament for years. Like. Yeah, I know trophy and everything on the line some young lady i ain't gonna call the name out you know got over on my family you know <laughs> you need to send this to her we, we we missed a lot like baseball like opening day you know it's a lot of stuff that we missed but what i'm i'm really worried and concerned about and what i've been thinking about a lot is there's millions of youth athletes right 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 they, they have this dream and they aspire to be a professional athlete, right? Right now, you're talking about 73,000 tests a week. Those tests may be free to the players, but they cost someone something. Right. There's money involved. So I'm thinking about the whole financial aspect of it. Number one, how much does it cost to operate? Number two, without the fans supporting the games and such, how much lost revenue are they having to be able to support these these games and, 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 and these leagues and such? Right. Then think about now. Think about the value of the athlete. So now there's nobody sitting in the bleachers, in the stands, you know, tens of thousands of people that want to come to these games and watch you play a game. Uh, what's their value going to be in the future? Like, am I going to well, be able what, to afford to pay Patrick Mahomes? I, you know, good thing for him. But am I going to be able to pay money. him $5 billion, You know, what is it, a half a billion dollars? Half, half a billion. Five, yeah, half a yeah, yeah, yeah. I, five, what is that, $500 million over 10 years? Am I going to really be able to afford to pay that? Well, that's why that's why they're going to play these games this year. Because, like, for instance, the NBA, if they wouldn't have played this year, they would have lost $1 billion. And even playing this way, they're still going to lose, like, I think I saw, like, $450 million. Yeah, but still. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean. but still, like, what is the value of the athlete going to be? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the the, the salary cap is going to go down. So, yeah, that's why Patrick Mahone got his money now. 
because that salary cap next year is not going to be as high. Right. So if you if if you if you need to re up, if you re up next year, you not get getting that big bag. So they going back that, to like Bill Russell in those days. <laughs> yeah, nah, you know. But that, well, that's why they playing because if if there was no season, then you really not getting that bag next year. That's right. So yeah, that's why that's why they playing. That's why the players is playing. That's why the owners are playing. There's a lot of money on the table. Another one of your topics, man. It seems like you're obsessed with this dude. Keep talking man, about I man. I ain't want to talk about him no yes, more. You do. Man. You love this guy, man. I know, man. You, you I tell me I love about him, this dude, but you want to talk about him all the time. I look. I don't want to talk about him, man. Okay, go ahead. Tell the people. I don't want to talk about him, man. But he disrespected Harriet Tubman. I can't let that. I can't sit around and let man disrespect Harriet Tubman, man. Nah, not on my watch. So what do he say? About not on Harry? my watch. So the man said in, at a, at a campaign rally for his alleged <laughs> presidential run, uh, alleged, the man said Harriet Tubman never actually freed the slave. She just had the slaves go work for other white people. Now, I, I just, I just, I just, let me read that again. Harriet Tubman never actually freed. She just had slaves go work for other white people. Say it one more time because you broke up a little bit. Say it one more time. Harriet Tubman, Harriet Tubman, Moses, never actually freed the slaves. She just had the slaves go to work for other white people. I wasn't going to talk about this dude. Uh, break it down. Come on. I, I had no plans to talk about this dude, man. Harriet Tubman made 19 trips along the Underground Railroad, free 300 enslaved people. She once had a $40,000 bounty on her head. That was a $40, lot of money back then. In 1850, it's equivalent to $1.2 million today. And then she freed another 700 slaves when she was in the Union Army. Yeah. And th- now, my question, and I don't know, this, me and my other boy, I'm in another group chat with some other dudes, and we call, we call these dudes like Kanye, this smart, dumb, I can't say the other word. But he's one of them smart, he's one of them smart, dumb dudes. Because I-, I think what he was trying to say was, but I don't know what he was trying to say. Cause I'm going to tell you the, what he was trying to say. He does realize it was 1850, right? Like she freed him and she could be like, hey, look, so I, y'all free now. Here goes some money. I'm going to get y'all a car. I'm going to get y'all a nice little one-bedroom apartment or some cable TV. I'm going to hook y'all up. And here, here goes some seed money for you to start your online business. He does realize this was 1850. It wasn't, no, it wasn't nobody. They could just go and, and leave and go up to Canada, wherever they went. And it was just all these plentiful jobs they could just, she could be like, yo, I set, I set up a corporation for y'all to start working here as we build an iPhones in this, in this corporation I built. He does realize it was 1850, right? Uh, man, I don't know. I'm not going to defend him. Okay. I'm not going to defend okay. him. I, I'm sure in his right mind or wrong mind, he thought he was being so deep 
But like we keep talking about, like if you don't know what you're talking about, just keep your mouth closed. Shut up. Yeah, just just, just shut up. I don't know what he was saying, man. Like, besides the fact that maybe she freed them and then they went there and they ended up having to work for a white man, but freely being able to do that. I don't know exactly yeah. exactly what he was trying to say, but the way it came across was 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 very disrespectful. Super disrespectful. So he should have did. I I man, you know, like I said, I just as a musician, Kanye's okay with me. As a person. Right. Nah, nope, nope. He's he's he just wild, just saying some crazy stuff out of his mouth. Yeah, I just I I don't understand, you know, like Kanye rant, say all the crazy stuff you want to say, man. But I just don't know why you always feel like, you know, when he talked about the slave years of choice, man. Like why why you gotta attack our ancestors when you making these comments? Well, give me some context around this because, like I said, rates are historically low. For all the thirty-four thousand of you, so so Harry, uh, as you know, man. I'm not the smartest person in the world. So tell tell me what's going on. What? How so Harry, did this come up? Harriet Tubman should have come to you when she freed the slaves and got them uh, good rates. That that's what you and Kanye saying now. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, the rates the rates are lower now than they were back then. <laughs> <laughs> if Harriet would have come to you, you. You'd have got all slaves and nice homes. Yeah. And once they got across the line, the the the, the freedom line. Yeah, yeah. You'd have hooked it up. I would have hooked it up. I would have taken care yeah, of it. See? So see, Kanye should have put you on the stage. Yeah. You could have told him, you could have told Harry what she did wrong. Nah, she, she ain't get do them, anything wrong. She ain't get them no no interest rate, low interest rate loans. She ain't get them no 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 down payment deals, nothing, man. Nah, she, no, all we, she did was yeah. free them dudes. Man. Yeah, yeah. We 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 I would have took care of them. But nah, like how did it how did this come up with Kanye? Like why I often I'm trying to understand because it all when you when you get the the YouTubes and the sound bites and stuff like that. That's what they are. And they're always like something that's like pulled away from a conversation. Right. right? So what context and how was this framed for him to say that? Because I missed it. I saw a little clip about it, but like I'm sure that what led into him saying it? Why would he even be talking about Harriet Tubman? Because he's not an intelligent person. Did he bring that up or someone asked him? No, he just like I said, for some reason, he always likes to reference our ancestors like I'm, I'm, I'm surprised since John Lewis had just passed, he didn't say something slanderous about John Lewis, man. Like, so, so is he trying to slander us so that he can get on some other side and to get other people to pull nah, from? Like, what is I, it? Like, I think. So here's what here's what I think about Kanye. I think Kanye. Um, let me think. So Kanye's one of those dudes that because he's made a lot of money in music and he's made a lot of money in fashion. He believes that being good in those things, you're intelligent and you know about everything. So, again, like we said, talking about Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. Yeah. In order to be great at what you do, you have to put in 10,000 hours. Is what everybody says. That's the standard. So Kanye put in 10,000 hours working on fashion. He put in 10,000 hours working on music. And see, he probably gets around people that drop little things about, man, you know, Harriet Tubman. He don't do no research. He don't know nothing about Harriet Tubman. He doesn't know what she actually did. He doesn't know what that represents. And again, man, he's just, I mean, I, I think, you know, in the last 10 years, I mean, he got he got caught up in that 
uh, Kardashian lifestyle as well. And, you know, you, you think about, I don't know, man, I just, I, I feel bad for the dude in some sense. Cause I, I, he's in a situation where, you know, he really, he really loves his wife, but it also feels like he's also really uncomfortable with his wife because let's be brutally honest. And it's to be for either sex. Like if you're with someone who, you know, has been with a lot of people, <laughs> And a lot of famous people, like a lot of dudes, like Kanye knows. It's a lot, like it's it's different to know your girlfriend or your Don't wife has been with somebody, it. or it's different to know your husband has been with wah, somebody. Wah, wah, wah. In in the same way we were talking about with Will and Jada, like it's different when you think it happened and then you see her say it happened and you see Will's face. And I think that's kind of the thing that Kanye does. I just feel like he's always as as famous as he is and as crazy as I think he's really insecure. And I think his insecurity just brings him, just brings him just to say crazy stuff, man. And it's just, it's just not a lot of facts behind what he says. And the thing that really upsets me about it, he has such a big platform, is that he'll say something about Harriet Tubman, and you'll see people online being like, "Well, that is true. I mean, I don't remember, I don't remember Harriet. Did she ain't, she ain't give him no money when she freed him. She just said, "Hey, you're free." Man, that was. I'm trying to tell you. That is worth weight and gold. Just imagine being a slave and you, and you about to get free, man. Ain't no amount of money in the world, man. I'd have paid anything to be free. Yeah, I mean, and 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 it's it's. I don't know. I just feel like he, even when, like I said, with the slavery is a choice. It's like he downplays. It's it's a it's a 2020 mindset about what slavery was. Right. Like, man, why didn't them slaves just leave when they was on that plantation? like man you just got taken across the ocean to a land you don't know a yeah. language you don't know yeah and you just think somebody's gonna walk off the plantation and just walk into the fields they don't they, they don't, don't even know where, know where, where they are. are have no right. clue where they are and so it's like kanye has this 2020 mentality of man I, if i wouldn't have been i wouldn't have been no slave i'd, I'd have been out back making beats me and me and jay would have been out making beats and then we'd have, we'd have marched it's like come on man stop talking like that man it's I'm just tired of the disrespect to our ancestors, man. It went through those things. So your like, so so called friend went out there to see him. Oh yeah, yeah. What Dave, Dave, there? Dave was a good dude, and actually Dame Dash went out there too. You know, good dudes. They went out there and check on him. Uh, you know, which is cool, man, because it, it feels like he needs somebody to check on him. Because I feel like somebody like Dave and and Dame Dash, people who he probably actually values their opinion. Because I feel like he just got a lot of yes men around him. Cause I feel like if me and you were somewhere and you said Harriet Tubman ain't really do nothing for, for for black people, I feel like me and you would have a conversation right then and there. Well, publicly. we wouldn't because first of all, I wouldn't even say. Alright, <laughs> all right, if somebody else I knew crazy like that, we'd have a conversation. But it just and I feel like I mean Dave and now he was ranting about a lot of crazy stuff, and I feel like that is good that his friends was like, yo. Something ain't right here. But he's sick though. They, it didn't. It, didn't he bipolar or something like that? They already said that, right? Doesn't he yeah, like I'm really not, being diagnosed as being di- bipolar? I guess. I guess the thing about the bipolar, I don't understand, is why in his bipolar is he always attacking our ancestors? Is that maybe that's that's his trigger and that's a part of it? That's his that's bipolar. What he, like that's what he like, goes to through. You talked about the insecurities and stuff like that. Maybe he's trying to be something that he's not or feeling like he should be inside with a certain 
you know, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know anything about bipolar. Maybe we should research that and talk about it one day or get somebody to help us talk about it. But, right. like, I, I'm not defending him, but he, nah, cl- just, he like clearly said, just, is, 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 is sick. It's always at the expense of my ancestors, man. That's that's the part. Like I said, man, he, he don't never go on a rant about, about Trump. Say nothing bad about him, but he got something bad to say about Harry Tubman? Yeah, that, Harry Tubman, man. He crossed the line. I, I I can't so what's what's our responsibility not to talk about him anymore, man? Like hey man, listen, uh, I'ma say it again tweak. You <laughs> please, you talk Kanye about goes, him like you talk about the Rona every week. Please, Kanye, please don't he could talk about he could talk about there's a lot of things he could talk about this week that I ain't gonna care. But he talk about Harry Tubman, he talk about John Lewis, he talk about Martin Luther King Jr. Any of my ancestors, I'm gonna be back on here talking about him again next week. Right. But no, I don't. So I don't want to stick to fashion life. and music. Yeah, just stick to what you know and rant on things that don't matter, man. But you can't. You not disrespecting my ancestors on my watch. No, not not happening. I'm not allowing that. Not on my watch. All right, man. Let's get into this next thing, man. Next week, right. I'm I'm letting this one ride out. Yeah. <laughs> For the block, boy. Take it rough. Everything has been the same old thing on my block. Yeah, I gotta let that one ride out next week. So this week, three questions. Three people from the past that you would have liked to have met. So you want me to go first or you going first? Um, Go for it. Shoot your shot. All right. So in honor of what we were talking about earlier, Harriet Tubman would be on my list. All right. Brother Fred Hampton okay. slash Martin Luther King slash Malcolm X. But I'm going with Brother Fred Hampton as my second. Okay. And then Muhammad Ali. All right. Cool. That's a good one. Good three. So... so let me tell you my three, and then we'll go All back right. to yours. All right. Nelson Mandela. All right, that's a good one. Jackie Robinson. J-Rob. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, everyone. But just a random Native American from, like, back in the 1700s, Native American. Just, just, just a random? Man? Yeah, just just somebody. All right, we, we, we were going to start with mine, but let's let's start... We actually gonna start with the random Native American. <laughs> That's what we gonna start with that one. So explain that one for us. Mine's pretty simple. I don't have like anything, you know, too deep or profound to say. But just imagine like living off the land, making a great way for yourself. You know, you're doing what you're doing, and then all of a sudden you see these ships start coming. <laughs> and then like your way of life that you know it changes forever. Right. Like, I would really want to kind of talk to someone then to say, all right, what were you all doing then? Like, what were some of the things? How were you living off the land? Like, how how were you, like, conceiving kids? And, you know, well, I know how they get conceived, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I, was like, like, I was like, whoa, whoa. You know, like, how? how, how <laughs> that ain't that ain't changed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know how that was happening. But I'm just saying, like, how, how were you, like, living? Like, what was it like? Were you scared that these animals were out there and things like that, you know? Right. And then 
you know, you you were you were making uh, things to live off of where you didn't need like commerce and you know you didn't need anything to be manufactured and things of that nature. Like, you know, what made you have the ingenuity to be able to really pull all this stuff together to be able to survive? And then tell me what that day was like when y'all started to see them ships coming in. What was you thinking? Like, did right. you have any idea what it was and what was about to happen? Then when the people started to to colonize and populate the area, how did that affect you? Because they clearly probably couldn't communicate with anybody there. Right. Right. So so how how did that 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 work for you? So that would be like my conversation. Like, so I don't, you know, haven't done any research on any prominent Native Americans like that I would have met back then, but like honestly, I would just rather talk to just just a random person, like someone like a real person that wasn't prominent, that was just living that and was a part and of it. Just that. saw and just, right, and just yeah. saw 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 their whole life changing. And like when they first saw these people getting off the ships, and they were offering whatever they were offering, but they were like, "Oh man, this is this is pretty hot. Yes. We got some, some spices and stuff now. Like this is cool." Right. And then like two months later you had all these diseases and your people were dying. Right. The whole progression of the whole thing right. is what I would, I would like to just talk to somebody about, you know, how that changed. Um, so yeah, yeah. Who, who are you going to talk about? All right. Well, I'm going to talk about, uh, Harriet Tubman first. And the reason, take your man out of this one though. Yeah. No, nah, I ain't gonna bring him up. But the reason I wanted to, I would want to meet Harriet Tubman is because, it's the it's the audacity of hope, right? Like what in 1850 when she first was like, "Yo, I'm out of here." Like what what gave her like what knowledge had she gained? Because again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about you don't really know nothing about the land. You don't. It's it's not like now you're like, "Yo, I'm gonna go. I know how to get to. I know how to get to Phoenix from here. I can just get on this road right here." And you know, you know what the path is, but just that audacity of being like, yo, you know what? I'm out. I don't know where I'm heading. I don't really know what the plan is, but I can't be here no more. I can't be a slave no more. I don't even know what's, I don't know what's on the other side. But I'm willing but to I take know, that chance, right? But I, I know being here isn't where I want to be. And then also she made that trip. She kept coming back for other people. Like, let's be brutally honest. If you got out of there and you was like, yo, I'm about to leave. And I was like, nah, I ain't going to roll with you. And I made it out. I don't know if I'm coming back for you, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know like, if I'm coming back for you. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm about to bounce. Right. This, this is what it's going to look like for me to get there from my understanding. When we get there, you do your own thing. But yeah, I don't know if I'm... <laughs> but, yeah. but see, again, it's like she had the idea to leave but again it is true like she come to you like yo yo i'm about to dip like where are you going i don't know i'm just i just gotta get out of here so i can see the other slaves being like that only sound like a good plan but she made 19 trips back to get people yeah yeah the like she she got out and came back and kept getting people yeah the modern day smug dude would have been like yeah i would have rolled with her yeah. Like definitely. I, I say less. Is that right. isn't that what they say to young boys? Yeah. Say say less. I would have been I would have been with her. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But like nah, I that first time she came and told you? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the plan wouldn't have been that it wouldn't have sounded real good. 
And it'd be like, all right, what's the plan? All right, so I'm going to run straight ahead for like five miles. And I hope on the other side is some water and I'm going to follow this water north. And I ain't got no food and I ain't got no weapons, but we just going to do it. And the dude was like, now nah, I don't think I'm going to go with you. Yeah. But then when she came back, I'd be like, yo, where we going? When she came back, I would have definitely been on it. Like, oh, yeah. Yo, I'm like, like where, where we going? Yeah, because she knew, where, she knew when the we path leaving. and everything. Right. Yeah, I would have been on it. I, I mean, I'm right. saying that now, though. Right. But I, so I, I want to talk to her that f- before she went that first time. Because like I said, I just want to know. Like the ins- I mean, again, like I said. What I mean, questions would you ask her? Like, what would be your first question? How the hell... How the hell did you think there was there was hope on the other side? Like, what gave you the idea that there was hope on the other side? I don't think anything could have been worse for her, though, right? Like, and that's when you, probably, when you, that's when probably you what get, she says. When you're like hopeless, there is hope because right. it's like, what's the worst that could happen to me? I die. Right. I'm dead right now. Like, I can't do this. I can't be a slave for the rest of my life. I can't take this right. treatment. I know it's wrong. Yeah, I know in the movie she jumps off a bridge, which I heard wasn't true, but she says, give me liberty or give me death. Right. So I could see, I mean, that, that's probably what she would say is that at this point, like, I just couldn't keep living like this. But again, I mean, it's still, it's like the same thing of being, you know, people, people that live in small towns and they say, yo, I'm just going to move to California, try something else. But again, it's like, you know how to get to California. Like there's, there's a map. a road map. Yeah. Like it wasn't no map. It wasn't no place that she could stop off and get a meal. Like it wasn't no, she had to go a long way for she was in a friendly area. Just imagine and, though, uh, uh, interviewing some of the people that helped her along the way too. Right. Right. Like, why would they be willing to put their life on the line? Why were they helping her? I mean, I'm sure I know the answer, but yeah, Har- Harriet's a great one. Like I would love yeah. to be in a room with her and she, <laughs> the movie was good and everything. But, like, I could just picture her just, like, really being gangster with it, like, in a conversation. Just imagine we had her in a room. Yeah. And she was talking to 20 of us. The conversation she would be having, like, to tell us, like, you know, I, I could just only imagine how down to earth she would be. Right. Well, yeah. And, like I said, it's that, again, it's that it's that audacity of of hope and belief that there there's something better out there for you. Right, right. So with mine, I won't get into too deep about Nelson Mandela and Jackie Robinson. I think they're both, for me, the types of questions I would ask them are one and the same. Okay. Like, I'm really intrigued with people that were oppressed to find out, like, how were they feeling, feeling while they were being oppressed? Like, how can you have the mental fortitude, like, right? you know, and, and, just to, to be strong enough to take it. You know what I'm saying? Like, my man was in jail for 27 years for really no reason. Oh, you're talking about Nelson, Nel- Nelson Mandela? Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela was incarcerated for fighting freedom, right. you know, for freedom, apartheid, right. right? And and he took it, and he walked out and forgave everybody. Right. You know, everyone that oppressed him, he, he forgave them. And then Jackie Robinson, for instance, he integrated, you know, he was the first you know, black to play baseball. Right. Right. And I could only imagine like what he went through being spit at and called names and the, the ball coming 90 miles an hour at his head. Probably right. they were throwing pitches at him. 
you know what I'm saying, not being able to eat with the team and things of that nature. Like, how were you right. really feeling? Like, what 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 was so important to you that you were able to take that to make things better for the next person that was coming behind you? Right. Like, that, that would be, like, real important to me to find out, like, what was your mindset? Like, how did you do this? Like, how were you that strong that you could go through this? Because I'm not quite sure, like, I mean, if I had to, and, you know, if if I knew it was bigger than me, I you know, I could be pretty strong in certain situations. But that got to come to a point where it's a breaking point, man, where you just can't yeah. take it anymore. I think, you know, kind of combining uh, Jackie with uh, with with Ali, in a sense, is that it's this. It's this belief that it, that's the thing, it's like this belief that whatever you're doing is more important than just you. That's right. But, but it's like, why, what makes you believe that what you're doing? And again, like, it's different. Like you got kids. So I'm sure you make a lot of decisions knowing that what you're doing is trying to better the life of your kids every day. And, and maybe, and maybe that's what they're thinking. It's like, yo, this, cause again, I mean, Jack, like I said, Jackie's going to, Muhammad didn't deal with as much explicit, you know, racism as Jackie, where Jackie couldn't go into certain places on the road with his team. But, you know, Muhammad ended up giving up boxing for a number of years because he wasn't going to go fight in the Vietnam War. Right. And again, like there was no there was no guarantee that he was going to ever fight again. Right. There was no guarantee ever he was ever going to fight again. And he said, I'm not going to do. And again, this this isn't this isn't a job like you and I have where you can do it for 20, 30, 40 years. Right. There's a small window in sports to make money. He, He sacrificed that whole thing. Yeah. And he just, he never, he never knew for sure he was going to be able to fight again, but he believed so much in it and was willing to give up his career and give up his life for that. And those are, those are kind of questions. I just, I just wanted, like I said, like what, what makes you feel, what what makes you understand that it's more important than just you? Right. Well, that's the common denominator with everybody. that All these people, right. Except for the Native American, the random that I would want to talk to. Right. With, with 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 everybody that we're talking about, it was something that was bigger than them. Right. You know, involved. Like I'm I'm going to sacrifice for the needs of everybody else that's gonna follow me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. so oh go ahead. It's like it's like not knowing and it's also thinking that not knowing for sure that you're going to see the results of it. Like, it's, it's easy to say, I'm going to do this because I'm going to see the benefit of it. Right. But a lot of these people didn't didn't know and weren't guaranteed to see the benefits of the work they were putting in. I think Jackie and Muhammad did, though. They're athletes, man. They want to compete. They want to show everybody that they, they, they can be the world champ or they can, yeah, yeah, I mean, they I, can, they can steal, ha- steal home. Right. Like, yeah, Jackie said, I wanted to show them I could kick their ass. Yeah. But he said that. That's the picture I got. Like, so if you come in my office and, and that, that picture of him stealing home right. is my favorite picture of all time. So for non-sports fans, stealing home means if you're on third base. So going from third base to home plate means a run, like you get one point. So he stole home while the you're supposed to get home plate after someone hits the baseball and he goes right. out in the field, right? So he decides that he's going to run while the pitcher is throwing the ball to home plate and he gets to the plate before the batter swings the bat. Now, that's that's 
they had never seen anything like that before. Right, right. And like you talked about audacity for him to be able to like, yo, I'm about to show these dudes like yeah. I'm untouchable basically. I don't care what they say. I'm I'm just gonna do my thing. Right. Yeah, that's uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well I, I said, you know, uh obviously like Malcolm and Martin, you know, those are the obvious choices. And I, I went with uh Fred Hampton because uh he was twenty one years old when he was when he was murdered. Little Fred. The, you little Fred. Yeah. Yeah, that's my man. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had started off uh, working with NAACP, and then he ended up joining the Black Panther Party. But when he was 20 years old, he made a number of significant achievements in uh, Chicago. He brokered a non-aggression pact among Chicago's most powerful street gangs, including the Young Patriots, the Young Lords. And he quickly rose the ranks in the uh, Black Panthers Party on his organizing skills. But again, man, he was 21 years old. And again, I would ask him, the audacity of being 19, 20 years old in 1967 mm-hmm. and thinking that I can reach, I can try to improve my whole city as a 19, 19-year-old, thinking he can step out and go meet with the gangs and try to get them to come together to improve the city. And he also started one of the key things of the uh, Black Panther Party was a free breakfast program. Right. Yeah, that was dope. Which was, the, which was to feed the kids. I mean, he was 19, 20 years old when the FBI opened a file against him, put him in an agitator index. And of course, everybody knows, you know, he was brutally murdered on a bogus raid set up by some, you know, undercovers and FBI. But again, I would just like to talk to 16, 17, 18, 19 year old Fred Hampton. Again, like what did what did he see at such a young age? I just at those ages, man, I wasn't thinking about nobody but myself, what I was gonna do that weekend. I mean, obviously it's a different time. Yeah, it's it's a different time. But again, just to be that young. I mean, obviously Martin, Martin was really young when they first started the Montgomery bus boycott. I mean, he was 19, 20 years old. He started organizing and doing work in his city. Like, I just, I want to have conversations and be like, what, what was that? Like, what inspired you? Because, I mean, obviously right now what's going on in Chicago, we could use a, a, a young Fred Hampton to get a non-aggression pact in the city now. And what, what gave him that feeling that he could reach out and get that, get that done? So yeah, we all 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 the listeners, thirty four thousand listeners, tweet at us, Instagram us, give us your three or four or five that you would like to meet in the past and have a conversation with. Just hit us up. Wellington Park. Wellington, Wellington Park. Park. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This week's Wellington Park. Wellington Park. Hey, man, y'all been listening. Y'all know what it is. Wellington. Wellington means you're lying. Wellington Park. That's what we call the place. Shout out to Dominic for giving it that name. So this week's Wellington Park goes to two U.S. Senators. Marco Rubio and Dan Sullivan. Oh, my. They both posted pictures with RIP for 
good brother John Lewis. But they was welling because both of the pictures they posted were of Elijah Cummins. And not only did they post the wrong pictures, but they acted like they was cool with him. Marco <laughs> Rubio in his post said they were friends. And Dan Sullivan said he was proud to be at the opening of the African-American Museum with John Lewis. The problem was that was not John Lewis he was with. And the same thing with Marco Rubio. So y'all was welling. Y'all didn't really know him like that. Because you don't, you don't post the wrong picture of your boy. That ain't your friend. Y'all welling. Y'all just tried to jump in because everybody has a lot of respect for John Lewis. And y'all was like, hell, I think I took a picture with a black person. But listen, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass because John Lewis and Elijah Cummins, they are close. But if you're going to post the RIP, please make sure you're posting with the right person. Otherwise, (laughs) you Wellington Park. I told CDC that when I saw the picture. I was like, I don't think that's John Lewis. (laughs) That ain't John Lewis, is it? Oh, man. They be... I mean... If they had just posted the wrong picture, it'd have been one thing. But they tried to act like they was boys. John Lewis like, ain't yeah. rock with them dudes. He was like, "Yeah, man, you know, I was with my man to open the African American Museum. I was with my good black guy. Look at me, I got my arm around the shoulder." But that ain't John Lewis, brother. That's that's Elijah Cummings. Wellington Park, they park out there. Take us away, bro. All right, man. Say it every week. If you can't take care of your family and life. Take care of them in death. Get you some life insurance. Relationships, DNA, make sure you have a plan. Pull up the motorcade. I got a show today. That's all I'm trying to do. Hustle and motivate.